Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. Welcome to The Ray Taylor Show, where I bring you reviews of the latest movies and TV shows, as well as classic and foreign films. I'm your host, Ray Taylor, and on this podcast, I'll be talking about all things film and television. Whether you're looking for a new show to binge or want to know if that blockbuster is worth the trip to the theater or just want to hear my thoughts on a classic or foreign film, I've got you covered. So join me every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new episodes and let's dive into the world of film and television together. On today's episode, I am talking about the 2023 film Dream Scenario, written and directed by Christopher Borg- Borgley, starring Nicolas Cage. In this movie, a hopeless family man finds his life turned upside down when millions of strangers suddenly start seeing him in their dreams. When his nightmares, uh, when his nighttime appearances take a nightmarish turn, Paul is forced to navigate his newfound stardom. Kind of spoilers in the in the uh, description there didn't. I knew about the dream stuff, didn't know about the nightmare turn. Regardless, uh, I was highly anticipating this film. I thought this would have uh, a good chance of being one of my favorite movies of the year. I love surreal movies, movies that are creative and doing things out of the box. Uh, Very similar examples of that would be Swiss Army Man, Everything Everywhere All at Once. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, Adaptation, I mean, pretty much anything by written by, uh, by um, God, what's his name? Uh, the guy that wrote all of those movies. Um, being John Malkovich, being another one of those, blanking on his name, regardless. Love all of those movies, creative, out of the box, weird, interesting. So that this movie gave me all of those vibes, you know, seemed to be in that same type of a lane. Uh, and I really did enjoy this movie, but it didn't really go as wild as I thought. I don't know. I, th- I thought it would be different in some ways. Uh, but it does have some great turns in it. And overall, the themes, I think, of fame and specifically its examination or portrayal of what would be concer- considered cancel culture. I mean, I guess it's it's called that literally in this movie, cancel culture. Uh, are by far the most interesting takes on cancel culture that I've seen, right? Which, you know, this movie, very much a movie of our time. Um, Nick Cage is great in this, as he is in most things. Uh, I didn't necessarily love this movie necessarily, but I did really like this movie. Um, And I definitely would recommend this movie. And I'm excited to see what else this writer-director does because he, he has one other... Uh, this is a second feature film, so I definitely would love to see his first film to see how similar it is. And uh, can't wait to see what he does in the future because great imagination and uh, interesting way to confront interesting cultural talk, topics of the moment topics of the moment uh this is a you know a great movie that just didn't grab me i would say like i had hoped it would but it got about as close as you can get without fully grabbing me hooking me uh maybe if i watch this movie again knowing and expecting 
where it's going to go and and having um, not having the expectations that I had, I will probably love this movie even more on a, on a second watch, which I bought this movie considering it was a $5 difference. I could spend $20 to rent it or $25 to buy it. I decided, well, I'll probably watch this again at some point, so I'll spend the extra five bucks. Why not? Uh, support A24, one of the better movie studios that are out there. Uh, I don't mind that. We will get back to the show after this short message. Are you a true fan of The Ray Taylor Show? Do you crave more content, more insight, more of everything that makes this show great? Then Inspired Disorder Plus is exactly what you need. For only $5 a month, transform your listening and viewing experience into something extraordinary. No more waiting, no more ads. Enjoy the full week of episodes of The Ray Taylor Show in both audio and video formats, completely ad-free. But that's just the beginning. You'll get access to early access to the Many Faces series, dive into extensive live painting archives. You also get to enjoy deals and discounts only available to our members. The perks don't just stop there. Delve into the expansive back catalog of over 14 shows with 618 episodes. Get personal with Ray Taylor through his blog, through my blog. Expand your horizons with my creative writing section and participate in the AMA sessions where your questions bring to life our community. Ready to step up your game? Visit inspireddisorder.com slash plus and join our exclusive club. It's not just content. It's an experience. I do love See the creativity the side. and the dream aspects of this movie. To the show. Uh, like he's able to capture, I would say, the randomness of dreams, but not necessarily the feeling of or visual of dreams uh not as much as say like a movie like bordeaux a handful of uh, dishonest truths or something like that uh, a great movie made my list i think it was number five on my favorite movies of last year uh, netflix movie i would say bordeaux is by far the most accurate film representation of dreams uh, where this one has aspects of it, definitely the randomness of dreams is expressed really well here. But visually and like uh, just the randomness of scenes and moments that can happen in a dream where you can be in wildly different places. The places you are in don't look exactly like they do in real life. So there's aspects of it that that I don't find to be that accurate to what dreams are like, but other aspects that are uh i love this that this is an examination of cancel culture but in a very different uh with a very big difference i would say than what tends to happen in reality when people get canceled right most people uh, who complain about cancel culture do so because they don't want their work or their actions to be criticized or punished right they're angry they can't get away with uh, their actions like they used to get away with. Uh, some are also desperate to be martyrs. 
uh, of the movement almost begging to be canceled. But then when there is uh, when the public does react, they play victim like all they just instant. They they act like they are this brash boundary breaker rebel. But the moment they get any, you know, public backlash, they instantly revert into playing the victim instantaneously and then in many ways don't learn from it they don't have any desire to change who they are in any way and in many cases double down on whatever the offensive thing is that they are quote-unquote being canceled for although even in reality most of those people who have been quote-unquote canceled still have careers still have careers i mean i'm thinking primarily of stand-up comedians i mean uh you know dave Chappelle. i don't i i would assume he he feels he's been canceled multiple times yet he still releases specials on netflix he's still selling out stadiums full of people um he's still doing the same offensive material nothing has changed in dave Chappelle's life and as opposed to his maybe his bank account has continued to grow uh, along with all these other people who cry about cancel culture. And I do love that this movie references some of the bastions, some of the people who foster those who have been canceled, who embrace those people who are offensive and uh, heel-dragging in the progression of cultural culture, uh, like Joe Rogan, which I appreciate. Um who I'm sure Rogan, I, I would imagine Rogan has a few moments of his life where he feels like he's been canceled or they've tried to cancel him, right? When the, the supercut of him saying the N-word extremely comfortably on his own podcast numerous times, nothing ever happened to Rogan. Nothing's that he's selling out the same stadiums that Chappelle is. There's no canceling there. Maybe they lose a TV deal. Or maybe they get charged with the actual crimes that they're being canceled for. As many comedians have been, uh, the canceling have been due to, you know, their, their, their actions outside of their work. In this movie, the situation is very different, though. Uh, and is from the perspective of someone who is falsely being canceled, which I feel like everyone who's ever been canceled feels that they are falsely being canceled, that they are wrongly being canceled. Meanwhile, the real cancel culture is the laws that are being passed by the conservatives in order to make lifestyles illegal. That's the real cancel culture in society. Not this, not this backlash to an offensive thing. It is losing freedoms because you you exist in a way that's not found uh, legitimate by conservatives in this country. That's the real cancel culture. Much more dire consequences in what is the real cancel culture. Uh, this movie also shows uh, the addictive nature of fame and attention, obviously, how those things can open up doors to for yourself, you know, for you and for the ones in your life. 
uh, taking advantage of fame, thinking it's going to solve all of your problems at times. Uh, but all of those things come at a price. All the better beware what you wish for kind of a thing. Uh, another major aspect of this film is how people can judge you based on information they know to be false. Uh, right? Like, for instance, right, in specific in regards to the nightmares people start having in this movie. Right, they know those things aren't real, but this guy is being judged as if they were, or is being reacted to as if they were, uh, which is crazy. Because while watching this movie, because it's like I used to have a girlfriend back in the day, who would sometimes have dreams about me, and in some of those dreams about me, I did something wrong, or I was an asshole, or some other bad thing, and when I would wake up in the morning, I would be punished for what. I did in her dreams something completely out of my control while I was sleeping when I wake up I'm being punished for right as if I slept walked and did bad things to her and then like or as if I somehow transported myself into her mind to do those bad things and to make her feel bad uh, just absolutely insane and part of me thinks that she's just the kind of person, this ex-girlfriend of mine, uh, that kind of looked for any reason to hate somebody for being angry or, you know, looking to hate somebody or be angry at someone, right? There's that kind of person that's kind of always looking for an enemy. Um, and it happened way too often in that relationship. And I always knew she had a bad dream because I would wake up and, like, the kitchen would be spotless, would be clean, my bathroom would be clean. Um, and that's because when she couldn't sleep, if she woke up after a bad dream and couldn't sleep, then she would clean, uh, very toxic relationship. Let's just put it that way. Uh, it didn't last that long, but you know, something that's still a major aspect of this film, which is kind of mind blowing. Um, you know, where many people equate their dreams to reality, uh, and in this movie, there's two kind of turns that this movie takes. One is about halfway, uh, and then there's another turn at the very end of the movie. The one at the very end of this movie didn't necessarily land as well, right? was a bit more confusing as to the reality of this world, the rules of what's going on in this world, of this reality. Uh, but still very interesting. The first part of the film, I would say, is more Twilight Zone-ish, where that last end part that I was talking about that didn't work as well felt more Black Mirror, um, but you know didn't really land necessarily as well in the Black Mirror aspect of this movie. Let's take a brief interlude from our episode today. Hey, art aficionados and those who cherish a splash of creativity in their lives, I want to introduce you to something extraordinary. The Many Faces is a series that captured my heart, and I bet it will capture yours too. These aren't just paintings. They are stories told through the medium of ink on paper, each depicting an abstract, surreal face, which has its own unique essence. The artist, me, behind the series, 
pours my heart and soul into creating each new masterpiece every single day. And the best part, you can own one of these enchanting pieces with a price starting at just $20. That's for a 4 by 6 inch painting and their sizes and a story for everyone. Envision an original artwork from the many faces, bringing a touch of mystery and emotion to your own space. If this sparks your curiosity, don't hesitate. Explore the full collection over at InspireDisorder.com and find the piece that resonates with you. Now, let's dive back into the heart of our show. But I do want to talk about spoilers. So spoilers from here on out. If you have not seen this movie, uh, it is available on VOD if you want to rent or purchase it. It will be on uh, streaming, I'm sure, soon. A24 just signed a deal with some streamer, some exclusive uh, streaming rights. So whichever one that is, I'm not sure if it's like a Netflix or a Max or whatever, but uh, excited for that and for the access to more A24 films. But if you haven't seen this and you don't want to be spoiled, here's your warning. Like I said, I do love the Twilight Zone slash Black Mirror aspect of it. Twilight Zone a little bit more than the Black Mirror aspect of it. Um, you know, this movie, he starts to become popular in other people's dreams. Uh, I love how that's organically how he starts hearing people. Like, first it's his daughter. Then other people are starting to have dreams of him. And his first question in every one is like, so I'm not actually doing anything? Like, usually these people are in trouble and he's just like raking the leaves or whatever. And he doesn't do anything. Um, and his dream is to, uh, is for his work to be popular, right? His dream in life is for, and he wants to write a book, so he wants to get published. Uh, and this is like, uh, all right, already from the beginning, I'm like, oh, this is a beware what you wish for thing. Like, he's so desperate to get is published and thinking fame might be a way to facilitate that he quickly realized that fame isn't always what it's cracked up to be you also have his wife who's very cautious of this whole situation uh trying to encourage him to just kind of take a step back instead of just leaning into it right away and just kind of take a step back and see potential pitfalls that this could happen but he loves the attention too much you know for once in his life he's not the boring forgettable guy as he's described by people who know him which is very sad right finally he's the guy who's memorable because he's in everybody's dreams i do love seeing the different dreams that is one of the best parts of this movie is seeing all the different dreams that all these people have with him in it uh despite the fact the way they're shot isn't necessarily accurate to dreams uh, but does represent the randomness that it happens in dreams uh, so there's aspects that are that that hit the mark. Uh, interesting to see uh, this couple eventually liking the attention, getting into it, and she starts using it uh, to get to further her career, to get onto a project, right? Using her husband's newly found fame, uh, which in turn is you know now that she's seeing benefits, she's warming up to it. Um, I also kind of love their pillow talk as they're kind of riding high from like, oh, this thing could actually lead us to 
doing the things that we really want to do and they're both in bed and they're kind of like you know on a high from this whole ordeal and seeing their kind of uh kind of introvert sexy talk i loved it i love that little moment of both of them in bed um and then it instantly turns into what could have been a very terrifying or what was in many uh instances a terrifying home invasion where a guy comes in he's like i gotta kill you i can't you can't continue to survive this is bad for humanity um which is just terrifying and then he goes he meets with like this company that wants to where he wants to get published and they want to use him for marketing and stuff like that and he ends up going out with the assistant going to have drinks with the assistant and you find out that this assistant is having dreams that are different from everybody else's dreams everybody else's dreams he's there but he's not doing anything he's just there and no interaction with the people who are having the dream hers is the first dream where he actually does something and in her dream it's a very sexy dream a very spicy dream right so she's like you know nervous to tell him or whatever he's like open about being married but also allowing things to progress you know he gets nervous when he sees people filming him with her out in public he's like oh this isn't good uh, you know i don't know what narratives they're going to be you know filling in to to kind of explain why he's there with this woman um so she ends up taking him back to her place so that he can reenact her dream which i gotta say is at the same time very sexy and very awkward uh the way it ends is so very uh, perfect i mean him just not being first him farting and then him coming in his pants as she's just unbuckling it and him farting again like it is the most uncomfortable and funny kind of scene and sad as well this guy uh perfect kind of end to this situation um but that's when it changes everything it's very interesting how that event is what is kind of the tipping point where now everybody's having horror dreams or nightmares about paul it's just very interesting very interesting how they turn into scary dreams right at first he didn't do anything then there's the one person who has a sex dream uh which the dream could be considered a rape dream slash rape fantasy i mean it is if he did that in reality if he actually did what her dream was him hiding in her house going to her couch and putting his hand between her legs and kissing her without any kind of you know consent it's rape it's sexual assault which in reality a lot of people who've been canceled have been canceled due to sexual assault accusations so maybe this is specifically commenting on the potential of 
some of those people not actually having done the act that they are being accused of. And even in this movie, technically, in reality, Paul didn't sexually assault her because she wanted him to play out this dream. But the dream itself, the dream version of that scenario is sexual assault. The reality is her wanting it to happen. Her, like, consenting, directing him into doing the thing. Which is a very interesting distinction. Which, you know, women have those fantasies. Those are legitimate, not all women, but there are women that have those fantasies of, of you know, those things happening under controlled situations. Uh, there's, you know, eventually the loss of fame or the transformation from famous to infamous in in this case it seems uh you know but also in this whole process he's become more outgoing there's a scene of him at the di- at a dinner party and he's just so like relaxed and like not as awkward as before which is another aspect of Nicolas Cage's performance that's great uh as his character it's just a compelling way to illustrate cancel culture, I would say. Um, although, again, in this film, the, he didn't actually do anything. Whereas I, a lot of cancel culture comes from seeing the Twitter post, seeing the comedy special, seeing the charges filed, and the cases being settled out of court or being found guilty in court as a former president had been. You know, there's there's a difference, I would say, between the majority of cancel culture and what this movie is portraying. Um, but it's interesting to see all the people traumatized from these nightmares with them. Like, I don't, I can't imagine, I still go along with it. I still buy it for this movie. That's not the aspect that I, I didn't buy or that didn't get me. Because I could see maybe if I had really viscerally real dream about somebody I know killing me in a horrific way, mm, I wouldn't be tra- I would not be traumatized. Maybe as a kid, like if I was a little kid, that would probably traumatize me for a little bit. But for these people, it's like the level of trauma that they're experiencing uh, is a little bit much. But I get it. I get it's 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 purposeful. Uh. Then you get to the point where he's just kind of ostracized by society. He goes into a diner. They don't want him there. Like the waitress tries to ask him to leave, which I don't think happens that often. I know there have been politicians who have been harassed at restaurants or whatever, but, you know, I don't know. 
it, it's just there's I mean there's aspects the, the way this movie portrays it isn't realistic to what I've ever seen happen to an individual but there's definitely elements that exist in this that you see happening to people who have actually done bad things um, but him getting basically thrown out of this diner uh, you know where you see him getting bandaged up he's all like just beaten up outside of an emergency room which is kind of a great comedic cut uh him trying to stand up to this guy in a diner and then cut to him all beat up outside of emergency room um and then him breaking down after having a dream where he is hunted by himself with a crossbow and he goes on social media and does this like emotional apology that completely flops like him trying to say that he relates to everybody and that he understands everybody and that because he experienced it too that he knows exactly what they've all gone through and it just completely flops which is uh, you know and then of course that leads to the middle of the his kids or in like this middle school play and he's not allowed in but then when he goes to barge in the one of the teachers or faculty gets her hand caught in the door so it makes him look like he's being attacking people in real life now which is just you know insult to injury kind of the part of this movie that loses me is the very end where the very end where they turn this tragedy into a piece of tech that I don't know the rules of. It seems like this tech allows people to become dream influencers where certain people are allowed to enter your dreams in order to sell you products, I guess. But it seems like these bracelets that these influencers get, he ends up getting one so that he can go into his wife's dream and actually save her. Uh, which is something that she wanted him to do in her dreams earlier on in the movie. But the technology itself is like, it doesn't make any sense. Because he never had, there was never, if this movie had been him somehow being able to tap into getting into people's dreams, then there would be a path laid for a tech to be in, invented. But for all of a sudden this tech to exist where, they're all of a sudden able to beam certain people into other people's dreams. Like it just, it, it, it was a bridge too far. Let's put it that way. It was a bridge too far. It was a turn that this movie takes that makes it far more. It makes it a very interesting black mirror episode. I would love to see a movie or a black mirror episode where a piece of tech that allows people or allows a company to implant dream influencers. I'd like, uh, or maybe it wearing that band allows you all of the wearers to go into other people's dreams and then also allows other people to go into your dreams. I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know the exact rules of this bracelet. And because of that, it's very confusing and I don't buy it, but it's, it, you know, it's uh you know it's interesting it's an interesting way this this movie goes and ultimately i think it's more of like oh cancel culture 
Uh, eventually, companies will learn how to profit from it, and the people who are canceled, like our main character Paul, uh, just goes to Paris or France because people there like what he does. They actually, they're the one place that doesn't think that didn't cancel him, right? So it's like he's still got he's got the career, just not where he thought it would be. Like everything still winds up okay. Things blow over. Maybe he doesn't have his family anymore. Maybe he has to move to Paris. But he gets the life that he had kind of wanted to have. So I don't know. So kind of a messy end. But unlike the vast majority of people uh, canceled in real life, Paul actually didn't do anything. Uh, most people who deal with cancel culture have actually said things or done things. Uh, you know, they have online posts. They have jokes and specials. They have comments that they make on podcasts right for all to see and based on those things there is a cultural backlash because not everyone is in their specific little audience that agrees with whatever that person that canceled person is thinks is still okay to say and most of these people are so desperate for a larger audience anyway yet when they get that audience right these comics again i'll bring it back to comedians right every comedian wants to have a massive audience every comedian wants to be able to sell out theaters and and uh and uh stadiums like a joe rogan or a uh dave chappelle but when they have something go viral when some of their material actually reaches that big audience and they see that the majority of people in our culture aren't willing to that don't think racism homophobia misogyny uh, transphobia islamophobia like all these hateful narrow-minded old types of hate speech uh, just don't float anymore. They've they've evolved past that. And uh, you know, there's a group of people that don't wanna involve. They don't wanna they don't wanna have to spend time writing better jokes. They would rather they love being able to use racism instead of writing a joke. It's much more easy for them to make a racist remark or a homophobic remark or a transphobic remark or or than it is for them to actually write compelling comedy. And instead of learning from those things, they end up, you know, either trying to fight it or they end up doubling down. Either way, it's just the majority of people who complain about cancel culture are like, it's just sad. It is sad, everybody that complains about cancel culture. Because that's not, I mean, the real cancel culture are the legitimate laws that are being passed to keep people from experiencing life in their own way that harms nobody. But it's this movie, very interesting to examine the phenomenon from the perspective of someone who actually didn't do anything wrong, uh, where everything is out of their control and we see how it affects his life, everybody else in his life. Um, and for the most part, I enjoyed the film, uh, but almost wish it wasn't 
kind of almost wish it wasn't uh, such an on-the-nose exploration of cancel culture, but I do kind of appreciate it. And uh, really the end, the whole tech ending of it really threw me, uh, really lost me. But I want to thank everybody for tuning in to this episode of The Ray Taylor Show. I do hope you enjoyed my thoughts on Dream Scenario. Don't forget to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for new movie and TV show reviews. And join the conversation by leaving a comment or rating on your favorite podcast platform or over on YouTube.com slash Inspired Disorder, where all these episodes are available in video format. Until next time, enjoy the show. Subscribe to The Ray Taylor Show on YouTube and everywhere podcasts are found. Binge the full week ad-free over at inspireddisorder.com slash plus. Purchase Ray Taylor Show merch over at inspireddisorder.com. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Out! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.